Hello, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series in which we interview KPMG leadership and subject matter experts, as well as third-party and client executives and thought leaders on key global business, socioeconomic, and geopolitical market trends and topics. My name is Stan Lapique, the lead market research and thought leadership effort for the KPMG Global Management Consulting Practice, and I'm your host for this podcast series. And I'm pleased to have with us here today, Mr. Brian Higgins. Brian is a principal in the U.S. firm and is focused on product operations and procurement. And joining Brian today is Mr. Stephen Becky. Stephen is also a principal in the U.S. firm and part of KPMG's strategy practice. So Brian and Steve, thank you both for joining us here today on Advice Worth Keeping. So this podcast is one in a series that we are producing, looking at the state of global manufacturing. On an annual basis, KPMG puts out a global manufacturing outlook, research and thought leadership piece. So we're going to be drawing from some of those findings, but in particular, we're going to be drawing from what Brian and Steve are seeing in the field with their clients. And the specific topic around the state of global manufacturing today is taking a deeper dive into business relationships. So the scenario is that the heightened connectivity that is being brought to the manufacturing space via digital transformation is certainly redefining the nature and state of global enterprises. To support this and drive this, we find that CEOs are looking to build on the opportunities digital transformation can enable, particularly as it comes to tightening the connectivity between suppliers, manufacturers, and customers. So maybe to start out, Brian, what are some of the top issues organizations need to focus on as they deepen these relationships, leveraging what digital transformation can bring, both from the perspective of the organization itself, but also from the perspective of suppliers, customers, and business partners. So what's going on in the market today? And I think we'll also want to look at throughout this discussion, how do organizations get from where they're at today to where they'd like to be in the future? Because it's one thing to define the future state. It's another thing to get there. So Brian, start us out. Where are organizations at today with this? Certainly a very dynamic area in the terms of supply chain and supply chain partner relationships. So it's getting very difficult to manage. It's a constant balancing act on cost and performance and trade-offs therein. One of the things that we've seen in a lot of our client interactions is two of the largest complicators to relationships across the supply chain boiled down to variety and complexity. We've got the two dimensions, variety and complexity, that add a tremendous amount of challenge to managing some of these relationships. And I'll peel this back just a little bit. And when talking about variety, I'm talking about client and customer-driven requirements that are placing strains on our client supply chains. And that sort of manifests itself in the proliferation of SKUs and products and designs and revisions and service levels, and all of these things that customers are demanding of our clients add a tremendous amount of variety to their overall business model. With variety comes the complexity dimension. As you're satisfying more and more needs and more and more geographies on a quicker time basis, you find yourself managing increasing level of complexity. These two things are separate but related animals. On the variety side, we find that it's really difficult for a lot of our clients to understand the real value of the variety that they have in their overall business model. And just answering that one fundamental question, the value of the variety, are my 
clients, customers, and channels really valuing all of this stuff that I do, all the different service levels and all the different products and dimensions and varieties that I actually provide. And more often than not, there's not a good answer there. And there's oftentimes a breakdown between supply chain and marketing commercial aligning on that fundamental question of the value variety. The complexity dimension, it's equally as difficult where clients struggle with understanding the cost of complexity. There's a tremendous cost anytime you're dealing with all of the different dimensions that I described, and that's as big of a blind spot as the value of variety is the cost of complexity. Getting a handle on both of those dimensions, I think, are really important foundational elements to start thinking through how to manage relationships across the supply chain. I think that's a great point, Brian, and one of the things that we oftentimes recommend as a solution would be something that really takes a segmented view of the world, and I think oftentimes clients struggle with the idea of how do we really implement that segmentation, often a tendency to want to have more of a one-size-fits-all model and having to change to a segmented model is really an opportunity where a lot of the advanced data analytics techniques that are coming into play can start to help. It really starts to peel the information apart in different ways and allow multiple business models to exist within a company in some cases, which really is an enabler to getting arms around the complexity, but oftentimes has to start with really good information to begin with. And certainly in my experience, that's been where many clients struggle is having not only good information within their own enterprise, but even looking back through their extended enterprise and into their supply chains and partners, really having visibility to the information that will allow them to understand the complexity and variety, much less act on it and do things differently. I think you hit on a very important point, which is the technology, the tool, the data, the analytics is now at a point, it's a lot more accessible to a lot of our clients where they can interrogate and derive sensible segmentation strategies and approaches to help manage these relationships that we're talking about. From a supply chain standpoint, we see all the time where supply chains that are inherently designed as a one-size-fits-all approach where they have the same type of products with the same volumes and the mix go across the same assets. And that's a pretty expensive proposition. And more and more, I think we're seeing clients arrive at a decision point that says, hey, you know what, I do need to segment my overall supply chain and my operation in a more meaningful way. And as an example, I can design a set of flows and processes and materials that handle high-volume, low-mix thing, things that tend to repeat themselves with a whole bunch of quantity behind it. And you can lean that stuff out pretty quickly, both from a manufacturing and a distribution standpoint, not to commingle that with some of the low-mix, high-volume stuff, as an example, or the low-mix, low-volumes. I think there's a lot to be said of step back and making sure that you're segmenting your supply chain appropriately to handle both the client and customer needs as well as your different business partners that are going to have a play in it. So you uh, both hit on some of the key challenges or the complexities that organizations are facing in terms of pursuing this path and really taking advantage of digital transformation. And you highlighted that the technologies and the tools and the analytical capabilities are increasingly accessible. But where should organizations be at today? So I think there certainly are some risks associated with this transformation. I would think a big one is that you could fail or not succeed well enough on the execution, but it also could be a risk associated with being a laggard. So in working with your clients, do most firms have a strategy in place, know what they're doing and they're executing? Are they still 
figuring out where to start. How does an organization understand if they're moving at the appropriate pace, also doing the right things they need to do in a timely fashion to keep up with the competition? So where are firms at and how do they know if they're at a good place in this ongoing evolution? It's an interesting question, Stan. I think it's a real challenge for a lot of companies because we might be at a fundamental inflection point. And if I think about supply chains of the past, it's historically always been sort of a rear view, mirror view of the world, if you will, backward looking. A lot of the metrics and the dashboards that would be in place really reactive to what has happened in the past or maybe what's happening just at this moment in time. The real opportunity that is coming and starting to evolve in many places is the opportunity to harness a lot of the data that's out there to become more of a predictive or proactive look at what might be happening and trying to react to things almost before they happen or at least having the ability to react instantaneously when things are happening in the supply chain. But that mind shift of moving from the rearward looking to much more of a forward and proactive is a big change to be making for most companies. And so It's easy to think about what a future state looks like. It's pretty hard to think about what are the first steps you start to take. At least what I've observed in a number of client interactions, sometimes the desire to get out and start doing something and the expectations of what might be possible to achieve today might not match up with that in-state vision. A way of thinking about that, it's easy to imagine a future where we've got all the information available and can real-time react to it, but a lot of the information may not be readily available today. And so what are the first steps that people can take to start small, to start with just some initial activities to take that crawl, walk, run approach, as opposed to trying to design the perfect system that's going to be in place and ready for that complete future state where it's just too big of a leap, people get mired in trying to design something that's more than they can bite off and chew right now. And so oftentimes that leads to frustration. I think it really becomes a matter of what's the right approach to take some initial steps and start moving in the right direction. But it really is a function of what information is available today that they can start operating on. I'll add to that a little bit here in terms of some perceived and some real risk. The landscape is an incredibly interesting landscape right now. There's a ton of technology under the broader digital supply chain umbrella. And if you look at it, it's it's 3D printing and RFID and artificial intelligence, cognitive analytics, whatever it is. There's a ton of things under the digital supply chain umbrella. And with it comes some pretty lofty expectations. One of the things that we see all the time is clients that have a really hard time sorting through and sifting through that noise. And so the approach that we take as a firm is to make sure that we're doing a problem back or a market statement back kind of view of how to leverage some of these technologies and innovations that we're talking about. Last topic. So you've highlighted that in some respects it's easier to envision a future state than it is to get there. And there's a lot of challenges with the execution that will occur between here and there. But maybe uh, to wrap up, supply chain visibility, for example, has always been a goal or a proverbial holy grail in manufacturing organization. But if you look out at the future state, maybe take it down a level in terms of what does visibility mean in this context? What should organizations look at in the future, whether that's three, five years out in terms of having supply chain visibility? What will be some of the benefits they'll achieve? But how do they make sure that their future state is going to be a competitive future state in general, but also relative to supply chain visibility? When we talk about end-to-end visibility, companies still struggle with this, right? Supply chain visibility, this promise 
has been around for the last 20 years plus. And this promise I'm referring to is that supply chain where there's perfect visibility of demand and supply and there's seamless matching and limited inventory buffering. There's, there's huge dollars associated with the realization of this supply chain visibility. Unfortunately, there's very few examples of companies that got it right. There's some certainly out there, don't get me wrong. A lot of the high-tech companies years ago shifted their business models to be more of design engineering. So they were forced to go down this path because essentially they managed their outsourced partners to sort of assist with this. Some get portions of it right. Specific suppliers or specific customers that are on visibility programs, maybe critical bill material items that they've got visibility, but it's really difficult. And you sort of step back and you ask yourself, well, why are we still struggling with supply chain visibility? I think there's a couple of reasons. One, it is hard. It is the holy grail for a reason. And a lot of the situations that we get involved in, there's a disproportionate amount of focus spent in other things. So securing one common ERP instance often consumes a lot of time, energy, and resources. And that gets you some intercompany visibility, as an example, that advances this cause, but it doesn't do anything for the intracompany visibility that we're talking about, which is where a lot of the benefits come from. We're seeing a lot of companies still not do the fundamentals right. And the fundamentals in this particular instance for supply chain visibility are, hey, do I have a common language and data standards? Do I have a master data management approach to make sure that cleansing and the hierarchy and the normalization makes sense? And do I have the right plumbing, the underlying architecture and the technology to facilitate this supply chain visibility that we're talking about? The reality is the answer for those kind of questions on those fundamentals is often still no. So a good way to attack the supply chain visibility, there are also good examples. This isn't all doom and gloom, but there's still some big misses on some of the fundamentals. I think that's a great point, Brian. I agree with all of that. And oftentimes, even another aspect that gets into this is even the capability within the supply chain organization and many of our clients. There still sometimes tends to be more of a tactical approach to supply chain, and it's not always as strategically considered as it needs to be in many cases. And so just even having the right talent and capability within the organization to do that initial blocking and tackling of some of the basics isn't always in place. And that's a bit of a challenge, too, to even starting down the journey of getting to much more enhanced visibility And then getting beyond a lot of the contractual barriers that will still exist of recognizing the risks and sharing some of that additional information and oftentimes suppliers not wanting to share what might be considered more sensitive information that would allow this visibility to take place still oftentimes remains a barrier. Well, Brian and Steve, thank you very much for your time today. Great insights on a very important topic for our listeners, and I think uh, provided some good advice on how to take something that's certainly a big trend in the market in the form of digital transformation and really understand how to apply it in the context of a manufacturing organization. So great stuff, and thank you both for your time. For our listeners, there are some additional materials KPMG and Brian and Steve and their teams have developed. It's linked off of the landing page for this podcast, so certainly take a look at that. And again, as I mentioned, this is one part of a series on the state of global manufacturing. So certainly take a listen to some of the other podcasts. But Brian and Steve, thanks again for your time here today on Advice Worth Keeping. And you can find the links to the items you referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation. 